Thank you for tuning in to the Monarch Touch Podcast. This is the place where we touch hearts and transform lives. My name is Kendra and I will be your host. I have a question for you. How dependable are you? Are you faithful in taking care of others? Do people count on you to take care of them? It could be your spouse, children, or parents. Do people put you in charge since you are so reliable? And in all that responsibilities, do you sometimes, let's just be honest, feel obligated, maybe resentful? But you do what needs to get done anyways, because that's who you are. I have been with my husband now for 19 years. In the beginning, I was full of love and adoration for my sweetheart. With no experience, anything John told me, I believed. I went into this relationship young, naive, and not trusting my own wisdom and guidance. So I followed a young man who also hadn't grown up yet and wanted to be the boss of us, but didn't have any experience in how to do that well. So we sloppily and painfully fumbled our way through our life together. But as we know, no one is immune to trials and tribulations. Life is hard and no one gets a free ticket of life without hardship. First, I was expected to take care of my husband. Then our children followed. It wasn't Before long that my countless responsibilities to my name defined my role as a wife and a mom. I made breakfast, brought the kids to school, took care of the dogs, cleaned the dishes, did the shopping, cleaned the laundry, helped the kids with dances, all while going to school or work. I was a cook, a waiter, a maid, a nurse, a taxi driver, and a worker. All this while still teaching values of right and wrong to my young kids. It all sounds great from the outside, That is, until you get a glimpse of something God warns us about. I was doing the good works, but in my busyness and the demands of life, I lost the most important ingredient. I forgot to love my family along the way. If I were to make cookies and I forgot the sugar and I gave it to my family as an after-dinner treat, who would like them? Sugar, a simple yet very important ingredient, When we forget the sweetness to life, life becomes less tasteful, less enjoyable. In fact, I became bitter, resentful. I felt obligated. And even though I was doing the important jobs, I forgot to include this sweet ingredient. In Revelations chapter 2, Jesus, talking to the church of Ephesus, he he uses an even stronger word than forget. He holds against the church that they abandoned their first love. The dictionary defines abandon as ceasing to support or look after, to leave without, intending to return, to give up completely. If we do this easily to one another, the people who mean the most to us, it shouldn't be a surprise then that we can also do this in our relationship with God. Let me read to you verses 2 through 5. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you endure patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. I think this is what we do. We give up being loving and fill that void with busyness. Just like I had given up the effort of loving my family over years of taking care of them, 
I had also given up loving God over years of trying to be good. In the beginning of every love relationship, we are moved into action because of our love. But if we are not intentional, we are all capable of doing good works out of commitment or worse, obligation. But unlike the relationships we have with one another, God will never leave us in unhealthy or unkind ways. We will always be guided to tend or nurture others. In other words, we are not hurt or even deceived by God. So if that is true, how is it possible to abandon this love relationship that we started in our youth? If God is so wonderful and we spend our whole life being faithful to doing good works and hating what is evil according to God, why would we abandon loving him? If we spend our whole life testing the spirit, showing patience, which by the way is one of the fruits we, we received by the Holy Spirit, and bearing up Jesus' name, what could possibly make us forget this love? Okay, well, when my husband and I first started attending marriage counseling together, the question we were first asked was, tell me how you two met. And sure enough, as we told him our story, we got giggly and actually fell into a love trance, sharing our memories with our counselor. And this is why we need to start here. What is your story? Do you remember the first time someone told you about the love of God and his gift to us in his son Jesus. How did this new belief make you feel? At age 13, I was introduced to a new church and I was in a youth group the first time I heard about the power of believing in Jesus, praying and confessing that belief. But it didn't hit me as hard as when I was 17. And at that point in my life, I had run away from the turmoil in my home. I was living with my aunt and she shared her story with me that was the time I began to fall in love with the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God in flesh. I was in a place where I felt broken down by life. But God's words gave me hope. A kind of hope that I had never experienced before. This is the time in my life when I first fell in love. But in life, when there are no intentions with the way we go about starting our day, we lose ourselves doing good works that are expected from us. We go through the hard parts of life while at the same time waiting patiently for God to come back and rescue us. It's not that we stop believing in God. That's not the problem. It's important to remember, though, that even Satan believes in God. So belief by itself cannot be enough. And doing the good works by itself is not enough. We need to come back to how we feel about God. When we don't come back to why we are doing all these good works, we can become hard-hearted and mechanical in our actions. We can become resentful of others who don't make any sacrifices and seem to be living just well. But love, when we remember the love we first had and when we first learned about God and his son saving us, the love that made us weep for joy and fall to our knees in forgiveness, wanting to come clean because we learned about his holiness and his mercy, the feeling that shook us to the core and changed our whole entire trajectory of our life. I personally have met people that have told me their stories of addictions who gave their life to Christ completely turned from their addictions to follow Jesus, never to struggle again. 
all because they fell in love. Love is a feeling, and that feeling is what moves us into action. If we forget the love, we move in action, but without feeling the purpose. In the book of Ephesians, Paul says in chapter 4, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. While my family was in Philadelphia with our son in the hospital, the people, the way people helped us out, bearing our burden with us, it made us feel loved. I can tell you that every time a person prayed for us, I felt loved by that person doing the praying. And their love is what gave us the hope and strength to press forward. Love is the strength that we need to battle through the darkness. Love gives us hope and purpose. Love gives us a feeling deep in our soul. This is our why to everything we do, the reason for it all. This scripture reminds us to come back to that memory, to fall in love over and over again. If you have fallen out of love, so to speak, how do you come back? Just like in a marriage, we come back to the memory of when we first met and what we felt when we fell head over heels in love with Christ. And we never get tired of sharing our testimony. In fact, our testimony is our personal love story we each individually have. So treasure that story and keep it sacred. Then share it with others over and over again. Second, to fall back in love with God, we need to communicate daily. I, sh- I want to share with you something really cute. My husband and I each bought an app on our phone. It's called Pear. It encourages and helps us to connect through answering their questions and us sharing our answers with each other. You may think that because we have been together for almost two decades, that we have this great ability to communicate, but the opposite is true, which means the only way we will ever improve our old bad habits is to get outside help. Church is very important for many reasons, but I want to touch on one point. I have gained so much help with my walk with God through my connections with others. Church is a community of like-minded believers. We all fall short, and yet we still can give so much encouragement to one another just by sharing our stories and holding each other accountable in our walk. Reading scripture and getting still with God are the two most important things we will ever do in our lifetime. Our relationship with God depends on these two actions, to read his scripture, to read his words, and to get still with God. Jesus left the crowd often to go into solitude, to sit quietly with his Father. Doing this with our heart is vital. It is the heartbeat in our life. If you are praying out of duty and obligation, then you are praying with your mind only. But love is felt in the spirit, in our emotions and heart. It moves us into action. It guides us in the direction we are to go. Love becomes the wind under our wings. Third, repent. Sadly, our culture has turned the word repent into sin of its own. But think about this. Nothing changes without awareness. And I have never gained awareness without my willingness to look within myself deeply. Repentance is knowing who God is and realigning our life with his nature again and again. When we see where we are out of alignment, we confess to God how we have wandered or gone our own way. 
and it helps us to go back towards him. For an example, I moved in with my boyfriend when I was 18 years old. Many people of faith tried to lead me out of this house until I was married, but I would not listen to any of them. I wanted to be with him. And by the way, there is nothing wrong with wanting to love someone or being loved in return, but I was living out of alignment with God. And in the upside down living, I made a mess of my life. Repenting is coming back to God and fixing our life and turning back around to upside living. A life back in alignment. We may be tempted to think we only need to repent once, but the truth is morning and night we come back to God and reflect on our intentions of the day. Did I live with aligning my choices with God today? And sometimes we get tripped up in the silliest of ways. I can find myself on fire and reverence all day long, only to come home tired and then snap rudely at my husband for being home all day and not doing anything around the house. And maybe these are understandable feelings, you say. However, snapping rudely is an aggressive action that isn't loving, and in that unloving action produces no fruit. There are ways we can communicate effectively in love, but when we are rude, we become darkness within. Becoming apologetic brings back the light, brings back, brings love back into the relationship. Think about this. If people had just heard me come home and let loose those rude comments, and then at the same time heard me apologize right afterwards, those people would not be surprised to hear me apologize. In fact, it may seem unkind if no apology was ever spoken. Without the apology, there would be awkwardness for everyone. But through apologies, we bring back peace. The dictionary defines repentance as the action of repentance, sincere regret or remorse. Can you see how sincere repentance helps us in our relationships? We don't reflect on our behavior to judge or to condemn one another or ourselves but to hold ourselves accountable in a way that improves our lives. We apologize to people and we repent to God. And in both ways, we reflect, acknowledge, then come clean. This is how we nurture and grow our love and create peace in our lives. These three steps will improve every relationship you have if you follow through with them. But more importantly, it will bring you back to the one who loves you the most. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are in the Central Florida location and looking for a massage, you can visit my website at monarchtouch.com. Thank you for tuning in today. And if you like this show, please subscribe so that you don't miss out on any new episodes. And also, share it with a friend. If you have thoughts you would like to add, you can go to the Instagram or Facebook page, Monarch Touch, and leave your comments there. I appreciate you and until next time, go out and make it a healthy day.